This is the intersection. The intersection. This is the Intersection Podcast for Saturday the 11th of February 2017. Episode 5, While My Wallet Gently Weeps. The Intersection Podcast is only made possible through the support of its listeners and sponsors. If you have a product or service that you feel may appeal to our audience, please contact sponsor at intersectioncast.com. Hello and welcome to The Intersection. My name is Jonathan Wildman. I'm your main host and uh, welcome to episode five. Before we jump into our news items, I just wanted to recap on what uh, I discussed on the previous episode, which was the tale of woe involving my lost AirPod. That's right. I um, I lost one of my AirPods, the right ear, and um, it was quite disturbing, actually. And 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 um, well, if you want to see the head of it, full details of that that tragic story, like I said, check back the previous episode. But I did receive my replacement. Um, Apple actually shipped out my replacement rather quickly. Actually, I got it within one working day. Um, it did arrive in a massive box. I mean, it was a huge parcel for what it was. Um, but within that box was another box. It was a white box, which was around the same sort of size of the uh, traditional. AirPod packaging, and um, within that was my single right AirPod. Now it did come with some instructions, an instruction sheet on how to pair up that replacement AirPod with the existing one that I didn't lose, the left ear, and and of course with the charging case. And the way to do that is simply as if you were pairing to a, a non-Apple uh, Bluetooth device, you would you put both AirPods in the charging case, you hold down on the button at the back of the charging case for you know, a few seconds you wait till the light changes white it flashes white and then what happens is it essentially pairs to your iphone as a new set of airpods so that's the way to do it um yeah 65 pounds for one replacement airpod is a lot of money and i feel quite ashamed when i tell people that story it really is a first world problem but you know what i'll be keeping an eye on those airpods i certainly won't be falling asleep on the train with them in my ear again i'll be making sure that that charging case remains in a secure pocket because this can become expensive very quickly so like i said quite a shameful first world problem and as such we won't discuss this matter again in news this week Pinterest have announced the launch of a new visual search tool called Lens. Now, this will be rolled out uh, in beta um, onto their iOS and Android apps over the next coming weeks. And I believe it'll be a sort of a phased rollout. But this um, uses machine learning to identify real world objects using your smartphone camera. And the way it works is that you take a picture of an object, um, let's say, for example, some clothing or a piece of furniture or some food, something that you might, in in an immediate sense, find difficult to describe, like an antique piece of furniture, for example. And what will happen is that Pinterest will, will send it through through its application and the machine learning does its magic and it will identify related products and related images from the Pinterest database based on what you have um, taken. Now, 
an example of where this might be useful, and Pinterest actually uses this example, um, is where, for example, if you point lens at a pair of shoes. So you point lens at a pair of shoes, you've got these shoes you want to wear. Hmm, what sort of style, what sort of clothing would go well with this new pair of shoes that you've just purchased? So what happens is it will identify related styles and ideas for what, what to wear with those shoes. Um, and again, you can you can just imagine how that would also work with furniture. I'm not quite sure how it works with food. I mean, um, uh, well, I guess I, I, I guess it, it, it uses food I, uh, and comes up with recipes, I suppose. You've got a, got a load of ingredients or potential ingredients to take a picture and it figures out what you can do with that. So it sounds fascinating. Um, machine learning, artificial intelligence is 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 the next big thing. Um, and this is this is this is great. This is uh, will be rolled out in the next couple of weeks. It doesn't sound too dissimilar to Google Goggles. Remember when Google Goggles launched, it was essentially, well, you take a picture of something, Google will identify it and will um, perform a Google search based on that picture. So, for example, I snap a picture of Tower Bridge and I get uh, Google search results um, about Tower Bridge. Now, the, uh, what Pinterest is doing is obviously one step forward because it's it's not only identifying the object, it's making associations with that object. So it's it's smart enough to know what other objects in their database complement the object that you have taken? Or as I described in the case of recipes, what, what, what foods complement the food that you have uh, taken a picture of, that sort of thing. So whether you're an existing Pinterest user or not, do give the application a try. It's free to download from uh, your respective app store um, because it's a great example of the direction in which technology is going. Now, this past week, uh, Tim Cook, CEO of Apple, has been on a tour of Europe. And during his travels, he passed through the United Kingdom on a bit of a promotional tour. Now, Tim was interviewed by the Independent newspaper and yet again gave some hints that Apple are extremely interested in pursuing augmented reality technology. Now, Tim Cook has spoken about virtual reality and augmented reality in the past, particularly when it comes to the subject of virtual reality, what, why, why are Apple so far behind? Do they have any products in mind, etc.? But Tim has always, you know, re-steered that conversation to discuss augmented reality. Um, and in particular, he has actually um, given credit to products such as uh, Microsoft's HoloLens. So it does seem that this is something that Apple are going to pursue and quite possibly will be the next big thing for them. But um, during um, just after CES this year, the Consumer Electronics Show, we had um, blogger Robert Scoble, who claimed that he passed by the Carl Zeiss booth and um, they had an augmented reality section. And he spoke to someone there, he spoke to a representative there who actually confirmed rumors that Apple and Carl Zeiss are working on a pair of augmented reality or mixed reality style glasses. Sounds a lot like Google Glass 
which wasn't a success, uh, that will be announced as early as this year. Now, most people have dismissed that because there's been nothing else to substantiate those rumours, certainly nothing um, leaking from um, China in terms of parts or anything like that to suggest that something will be coming out this year. Um, but nonetheless, um, Scoble claims that, that, that that's what was told to him. So there, Apple's next big thing could be be a pair of augmented reality glasses but then that seems a little strange because like i said google glass wasn't a success and i can't see apple releasing their next big thing as just an imitation of what google has done before now back to this interview that tim cook gave with the independent um he, he, he what he suggests is that apple aren't going down the hardware route when it comes to augmented reality and i'll, I'll read you some of what he said um so he compared augmented reality to possibly the, the biggest consumer electronic device on the planet. So Tim Cook says, I regard it as a very big idea like the smartphone. He said, the smartphone is for everyone, but we don't have to think of the iPhone as, as being for a certain demographic or country or vertical market. It's for everyone. And I think augmented reality is that big. It's huge. I get excited because of the things that could be done that could improve a lot of lives and be entertaining. I, like, I view augmented reality like I view the silicon here in my phone. It's not a product per se, it's a core technology. So that leads us back to the rumours that perhaps the iPhone 8, or whatever the next generation iPhone will be called, that will be released this year, or in fact iOS 11, will have augmented reality capabilities. Now, this is all speculation at this stage, but we can look at something like the technology that Google have had. Uh, for example, they introduced last year Google's Tango technology, where it uses the existing phone camera. And so you have a window to the world, but an augmented reality overlay is on top of that window. And you get all sorts of information and, you know, you know related information and things like that on, on, on your screen. Um, so, you know, for example, the camera identifies where you are, you get an alert that um, certain places of interest may be nearby, perhaps friends are nearby. Oh, there is a landmark. Here's some information about that landmark. I mean, the possibilities are endless. But um, Google them with that technology. It's called Tango. It sounds like Apple are more likely to go down that sort of route rather than the let's release a pair of glasses um, sort of route, um, particularly as Tim keeps um, lauding the technology of augmented reality, but then as immediately associating it with our existing smartphones. So I think that will probably be a big part of iOS 11. And knowing how the way Apple operates, this will probably be an exclusive, an exclusive feature for the next generation iPhone. But um, we shall see. We're not too far away from... Actually, no, I tell a lie. We're not too far away from WWDC. However, the Worldwide Developers Conference, however, we are unlikely to see any new hardware features um, or any suggestion as to what the iPhone 8 will offer until its official unveiling um, just before the autumn. But as always with these things, you know, as the year goes by, as the year continues, we will get more and more leaks and um, we'll, we'll begin to get uh, an idea, a, a quite substantiated idea as to how the iPhone 8 will will look and how the iPhone 8 will perform and certainly what the iPhone 8 will have to offer. So watch this space. Now, 9to5Mac, uh, the Apple blog, 
released some news this week that got many Apple fans into a bit of a tizzy. They revealed the news that Apple are planning to adopt a new type of connector for their made-for-iPhone, their MFI licensing program. So this connector would would be for all their iOS devices, iPhone, iPad, and, and what have you. Now, this connector was is to be called the Ultra Accessory Connector, UAC. And this got Apple fans into a bit of a tizzy, because if you understand, Apple moved from the the wider connector to lightning which wasn't exact well it was a fairly smooth transition but it rendered a lot of uh, accessories useless a lot of ipod docks and and, and the sort um then with the launch of the iphone 7 last year apple heralded the end of the 3.5 millimeter headphone jack and so lightning or wireless future was the way to go so on the surface, it does seem that Apple are going to ditch Lightning. And now, what 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 was described was that this connector is actually less thick than USB-C. Um, so, and obviously, in that case, smaller than um, micro USB. So basically, this is good for devices as they become smaller and thinner and so forth. Um, and this measures at uh, 2.05 millimeters by 4.85 millimeters at the tip. Um, and it would be an eight pin connector. Now, again, you can see the advantage that accessory makers can save space inside their devices and their designs. Um, a lot more space than they would if they had traditional lightning ports or USB-C ports. Now, this... <sighs> So Apple, this is fairly official because Apple have launched a developer preview of this new new type of connector. So there is, you know, this is this is substantiated news. However, it's a little bit of a false alarm because it's not actually a replacement for Lightning as such. This is actually more geared towards um, headphones and uh, headset manufacturers. And basically, this connector is to facilitate those manufacturers who are who make um, made for iphone classified devices to connect to both ios devices and to non-ios devices more easily by so for example rather than putting a lightning port which is larger than this new uac port onto a um, a pair of headphones or a micro USB port, as for example, the Beats Solo 3 have, you would have this new connector, but then Apple will create cables that go from USC, UAC to Lightning. So USC to a Lightning port on a traditional um, Apple iOS device, or UAC to traditional USB-A, or UAC to USB-C or micro USB and so forth. So really, it's just um, it's it, it's a slight change to the um, the standard, the made for iPhone standard, which would allow manufacturers to have this additional space, but will cover all bases in terms of the um, the devices that they connect to and that they they serve. So it's not one to get into a tizzy about lightning for the time being is is still here 
to stay. Um, and as, as I say, it's, it's just part of a developer preview right now. So anything can change. But uh, don't be too alarmed with the way in which the news was reported from 9 to 5 Mac. Just quick apologies for the um, the interference in sound during that last uh, news snippet. Um, someone decided to run a drill or goodness knows what outside as I was recording that. So there's nothing wrong with your audio equipment. Um, so on we go. Now, ironically, after telling Apple fans not to get themselves into a tiz, um, I have some news that will most likely get them into a tiz. And that's the news concerning the next generation iPhone, or rather the special 10th anniversary edition of the iPhone that's expected to be released um, later this year. Now, rumours come from um, industry analysts, fastcompany.com, who have been communicating with various industry insiders. It seems, according to their reports, that the 10th anniversary iPhone is expected to be billed as the ultimate iPhone, a luxury iPhone, a luxury iPhone that will include uh, an ultra thin OLED display that will include uh, upgraded memory um, that will be obviously removed. We heard the rumors before about the home button being removed, that there will be a fully full touch interface, you know, just just one large screen with no bezels, um, possibly a curved display. The report continues to uh, to mention that um, oh, to talk about to discuss the premium materials that be used in the construction of this phone. So the rumors suggest that the back of the phone will be entirely made of glass, and the sides of the phone will be made of a forged stainless steel, as opposed to the existing aluminium that's used in the current menu um, uh, models. So. It you know it all sounds wonderful and it even and it even goes on to suggest that um, all the physical buttons will be removed, not just the home button. Um, so, for example, the the volume buttons and the power buttons that are normally on the side of the of the existing iPhones will be replaced by touch sensitive inlays in the metal. Um, it then goes on to talk about some of the new the other new technologies that will be included in this luxury iPhone, um, and it does claim that Apple have been working with Lumentum um, on 3D sensing technology for this phone. Now, at the moment, I mean, there are some other rumours, and we'll go into them a bit later on, but at the moment, it does officially remain unclear as to how this is going to be used. Um, some suggestions include um, facial recognition for authentication, you know, as, as a sort of an enhanced enhancement to Touch ID or, or an evolution to Touch ID. Or some other, uh, other uh, suggestions include, as we just discussed, um, using it to assist in augmented reality somehow. So it sounds like we're going to get some exciting tech uh, with this new model iPhone. Now, you're probably wondering, well, what's the news that's going to get Apple fans into a tizzy? Um, I don't know. This all sounds very positive. Um, what the news is, is that uh, Fast Company claim and predict that this iPhone will cost north of $1,000. North of $1,000, which we know in today's climate, thanks to Brexit, uh, $1,000 is pretty much £1,000. Uh, certainly how Apple would see it these days. So that's the bad news. I mean, this is becoming increasingly expensive to keep up with these, with these new iPhones. 
Um, I mean, it, it, it sounds absolutely fantastic. I mean, I'm, I'm reading the description here. Um, the new iPhone will look something like a smooth black monolith with few visual interruptions to its sleek design. Um, but you're going to pay for this luxury. You really are, because it does appear that this special edition anniversary iPhone is indeed that, a special edition. Now, we don't know if it will be produced in limited, in limited um, numbers, but it will release alongside an iPhone 7S and an iPhone 7S Plus. Now, the iPhone 7s is assumed to be have a similar form factor to the iphone 7 and it won't use these premium materials and it won't have this on their display um so that is going to be your conventional upgrade but if you want to go all out for your uber upgrade you're going to have to pay for it now this bothers me um because i i, I my it is my opinion that tim cook's apple keep on pushing the boundaries of what keep testing the boundaries of what they could possibly get away with in terms of what will be acceptable to apple's core fan base now apple has a very loyal and very core fan base and i believe they keep on pushing it i mean i i, I first got alarmed when the ipad pro was released and the price of the apple pencil i mean essentially i mean it's a, it's a sophisticated device it's not a typical stylus but we were talking about 90 pounds for that accessory which didn't come bundled with the premium price ipad pro then we had the issue of the removal of the headphone jack from the iphone 7 we had the fact that the iphone 7 was the third generation of iphone to have the same form factor in a row we then had the fact that because the headphone jack was removed from the iPhone 7, you really needed to consider wireless headphones unless you opted to use the um, not so great quality lightning headphones that were included in the box. And then you had products like the AirPods, which I believe, well, while they are great to use, are slightly overpriced at £160. So I think Tim Cook's Apple takes its fan base slightly for granted and i'm trying to say this very carefully and keeps on pushing and pushing it and pushing it to see what it can get away with and i am not happy with the news of a one thousand pounds let's face it they will just interchange the symbols dollar sign to pound i'm not happy with the news of a one thousand pound smartphone um when really it should have been the phone that we received last year instead of the iphone 7 um will people buy it i don't know but I think you could only push Apple's loyal fan base so far because most people have a very limited amount of money and these things are becoming increasingly more expensive. So I fear that a luxury iPhone will price Apple out in the market. That's what, that's what I think. Um, of course, this could be completely false. Um, you know, the, the, these are just rumors. Um, nothing is truly substantiated, even though Fast Company claimed to have spoken to insiders. However, this is the way Apple operates. Apple, to avoid any nasty shocks and surprises, tend to purposefully leak news or allow news to leak just so we get to hear it and we get used to the idea. So when it comes to the official announcement, we're not shocked, we're not outraged, and the press isn't generally too negative. And I give you a perfect example of this, the removal of the headphone jack on the iPhone 7. Continuing on with uh, rumours concerning this ultimate iPhone, 
a Chinese website called Digitimes uh, published uh, some reports this week concerning that uh, phone and rumours suggested that the new iPhone will have iris scanning capabilities. Now, this isn't dissimilar to what Samsung have already done with their Galaxy Note they did with the Galaxy Note 7 that had an iris scanner for, um, you know, um, not so much all, all, for, you know, authentication and um, to access the phone to lock, to secure, keep the phone secure. Now, um, Digitimes claims that this is substantiated based on the fact that um, a, time, a Taiwanese supplier who is an affiliate of Apple's manufacturer TSMC claim that they will begin mass production of iris recognition chips this year for that particular phone. However, there is a counter argument about that because it does sound like a me too approach. And, you know, Samsung have already done it and they did it in a kind of a gimmicky way, to be perfectly honest. I get that Apple might push it further and use it for all manner of authentic for authentication, for example, um, not, um, Apple Pay payments and, and, and that sort of thing. However, there is a counter-argument in that um, KGI securities industry analyst Ming-Chi Kuo, who is well known for the reliability of their rumours, um, of the claim that um, that technology is not actually being used uh, for an iris scanner, but rather for a more general facial recognition technology. So... Again, this looks like a replacement or, or rather um, an added level security uh, in, on, on top of Touch ID. It looks like something is coming because going back to the reports from Fast Company, which I mentioned, um, there is this 3D sensing technology that will be included on, on, on this next generation iPhone. So it seems like authentication is 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 why it's the, is, is is the main reason why it's going to be included but i do believe it will also drive the augmented reality application that apple will bring to ios 11 so it's not so much a me too approach copying what samsung have done before although no doubt samsung will jump on that and they will advertise the heck out the fact that apple have copied them but apple as always like i say sometimes they're late to the party but they make the biggest impression Last Friday saw the release in the latest in Apple's line of W1 wireless chip equipped headphones and earphones. The Beats X was finally released after a substantial delay. The Beats X was originally due to be released sometime in the autumn last year and was announced uh, with the initial W1 lineup of Apple's AirPods, uh, the Beats Solo 3 and the Power Beats 3. Now, um, interestingly enough, the so the BeatsX is now available to purchase for £129, making it the cheapest point of entry in the W1 line. Um, it, they are inner earbuds um, with inter interchangeable silicon buds. You get various sizes in the box. 
Um, and they're, um, they are wireless, but they are known as neckbands. There is a wire between the two ears, and that wire rests around your neck. So um, these are available to buy on the Apple Store online and available for in-store pickup on Apple's website. They come initially in four colors. You have black, white, blue, and gray. They charge over lightning, so they come with a supplied lightning cable. Um, now, they also have uh, an inline remote, so you can initiate a Siri. You can control the volume and skip tracks. They have an eight-hour battery life, um, and they have this unique feature that the W1 Beats headphones have called Fast Fuel, where five minutes of charge, in this case, will give you two hours of playback. So that's extremely handy when you're caught short. Um, the, to get a full charge of eight hours, uh, you have to charge the device for 45 minutes. Now, these are great because you can't lose these, um, these earphones uh, very easily because you wear them around your neck. And as they rest around your neck, when you're not listening to music, the two earbuds lock together via a magnet. Um, so, you know, it looks kind of cool, looks kind of trendy, um, and again, very easy to lose the AirPods, but these uh, remain a little bit more secure when not in use. So, in the box, you get a lightning cable, you get a carry pouch, you also, curiously enough, receive, now, owners of AirPods might be a bit aggrieved by this, but you also receive a promotional code to use in the iTunes store, which gives you three months of free Apple Music. So the cheapest point of entry into the W1 line, you actually get three months of Apple Music included. Didn't get that with the AirPods. Um, now, many say that this is an apology by Apple for the delay, which I find suspicious anyway, because you can understand then the AirPods were initially supposed to be released in October last year, and then there was a delay. We didn't see them until December. Now, curiously enough, the Beats X was also delayed. Inexplicably enough, the Beats X was delayed. And I figure that they were actually ready because you would see on Twitter many celebrities tweeting uh, pictures of them and their Beats X. And, you know, these weren't prototype units. They actually had the Beats X packaging and everything was finished and ready. And Beats were playing the, uh, the Got No Strings advert on TV, on the online, featuring the Beats X quite heavily. And then out of the blue, they weren't available for no reason at all. And it went from full, well, autumn 2016 to sometime February 2017. And I simply think Apple held them back because they didn't want to cannibalize the sale of the AirPods. You know, they wanted the AirPods to be the big thing, you know, to create a big splash. And they were, and they, and they still are, you know, it's still not entirely easy to get hold of AirPods. So they deliberately held it back, which I think is a little bit unfair. But nonetheless, um, they have redeem themselves by including this generous three months of Apple Music. Now, in terms of the AirPods, uh, the, Beats X, the Beats X sorry, have uh, several advantages. Um, they have um, slightly better quality sound, I would say, because they have that signature punchy beat sound, you know, heavy bass heavy beat sound. And because of the nature of the product, in-ear buds that go right in uh, there's better sound isolation so you don't get to hear the noise from outside and people are less likely to hear the noise of your music on in a quiet environment such as a train etc 
The disadvantage over AirPods is that the Beats X are not truly wireless. You have to deal with that neck band, that, that, that cable, which diminishes the feeling of freedom you get with, you know, with several other wireless devices. So not just the AirPods, for example, the Beats Solo 3. You have to deal with this neck band, you have to deal with this cable, and that might not suit everyone. The Beats X are available, as I said, to buy on the Apple Store online and available for in-store pickup. I'm not sure how long the uh, three months of Apple Music promotion will be, will be running for, but um, if you are interested in it, uh, I would pick up a, a pair as soon as possible just to take full advantage. Now, the, on the subject of the W1 wireless chip, um, it is often referred to as the most recent, uh, the most innovative thing Apple have introduced to the tech game in a long, in a long while. And it, it receives a lot of um, acclaim, mainly because of the way it deals with the limitations of Bluetooth 4. The way, you know, pairing is no longer a burden, you know, with a W1 equipped device, you know, it, it pairs instantly and the way it cleverly uses iCloud to, you know, you pair once with an iPhone and automatically all of your Apple devices are paired. You don't have to go and tinker around the settings. And also the benefits of W1 in, in, include, um, you know, better range, you know, and we're we're, we're talking, you know, as typical of a class one Bluetooth device, we're talking about a range of uh, 100 meters, 300 feet. Um, the W1 chip also um, brings us uh, better, better, better power usage, better battery life um, on our devices. And also, you know, you generally have a more rock solid and stable and more reliable connection which again is a poor connection or, or tempestuous connection is something that play has played Bluetooth users for, for years. Now, this is great. And, you know, we're enjoying these benefits right now with the products such as AirPods. But could Apple actually bring the W1 chip to standalone speakers? And if that's the case, does this spell the end of AirPlay. Now, many rely on Apple AirPlay. Apple AirPlay was, um, I believe, introduced around the time of iOS 4.3, or at least that was the point where app developers could use AirPlay. Um, that was around ooh, 2010, I believe. 2010. Now, for those of you who don't know, most people who probably do know already what what AirPlay is, but AirPlay was a proprietary protocol uh, developed by Apple that allowed wireless streaming between devices of audio, video, device screens, photos, and that sort of thing. And you can do it now. You can get your Apple device. You can send any a video from any source, uh, any app, straight through to AirPlay. Um, if it's a video, you can send it through to an AirPlay monitor. Or you can send it through to Apple TV, which is an AirPlay receiver. Or in terms of audio, you can send it to your Apple TV. You can send it to another Apple device. Or you can actually send it to an AirPlay speaker. Now, many AirPlay speakers hit the market uh, when Apple 
brought airplane and these are wireless speakers that um, would just show up if they're connected to the same network that your Apple device was on they would just appear magically in, in, in control center what have you and then you would be able to just send the, the audio directly to that device now I myself have an airplay speaker I deliberate, deliberately didn't go down the Sonos route uh, which offer which which also offer um, you know a collection of wireless speakers there simply because I wanted something that would work with the native um, iOS operating system and I wanted something that was a little bit more affordable because Sonos to invest in the Sonos the Sonos ecosystem is it's quite a substantial investment it's quite expensive to say the least so I went for an AirPlay speaker called the Pioneer A4, which is, they had a line of um, AirPlay speakers and the A4 was the largest one. The, the A4 is um, akin to the Sonos Play 5 speaker. Now, um, my, you know, I had some problems. I, I still have some problems with my Air, AirPlay speaker, and it's probably one of the limitations of AirPlay itself. Because AirPlay works over your existing network, um, there can be congestion. So you can sometimes suffer with dropouts. You can sometimes suffer with an unreliable connection. Like it, sometimes, I, my, even though my AirPlay device is identified on my iOS device, it takes a little bit longer to connect or it takes longer to wake the airplay speaker out of sleep and to actually get music pumped through it. Um, I find that using a Sonos system and um, um, several friends and family have Sonos systems that, that it, it's, a, it's a lot more reliable using Sonos. But the problem again with using Sonos is not just the cost and point of entry. It, it's the fact that everything relies on the Sonos app. And with airplay, I can just hit control center, swipe up, send straight away. I don't have to worry about that. So there are a few limitations with AirPlay, but the Pioneer line of speakers and, and all AirPlay speakers, you can send to different speakers simultaneously. You can do that. Now, you can't seem to do that within iOS for the iPad and iPhone, but you can seem to do that from an Apple TV and you can do that from a Mac. And actually, no, you can. There is a way to do it from an iOS device, but you have to use the Apple Remote app, and then you have various sources of your AirPlay sources, and you can select more than one. And generally, it, it handles simultaneous playback of music quite well. Doesn't I mean it does? There are some blips sometimes, but you know, not quite as reliable as, as the Sonos. But it, it does work. Um, and the reason why the Sonos is a little bit more reliable and stable in terms of connection is simply because Sonos creates a mesh network, a special network specifically, a special wireless network specifically for its devices. And so that you don't have to deal with the issues of congestion or the other various devices you have connected in your Wi-Fi connection. Um, now, I actually think that, that Apple seem to have fallen out of love with AirPlay simply because... I mean, I mentioned my speaker, the Pioneer A4, which is now discontinued. In fact, most AirPlay speakers are discontinued. You can still find some online if you look in Amazon Marketplace or eBay or some clearance lines and some audiovisual shops. But you will find that most models are completely discontinued and nothing else has been offered that specifically caters to the Apple ecosystem. 
Now, interestingly enough, in October last year, 2016, Apple for the first time invited Sonos to sell their wireless speakers within the Apple Store to feature on the on Apple's online Apple Online's website. Now, that's even more interesting is that Apple allowed Sonos to include Apple Music as a service on the Sonos app. So. This surely is a conflict of interest if Apple wanted to license AirPlay and to sell AirPlay speakers. But it, it seems like Apple aren't too fast. So I think that there, there will be a replacement to AirPlay. It won't be a complete replacement because, like I said, AirPlay can stream video as well as audio. So using a W1 wireless chip doesn't cover video. However, I do believe there will be a range of W1 licensed speakers. Then we're talking about other manufacturers possibly being able to use the w1 wireless chip um to you know create speakers that uh will um pair easily to your apple devices and that will uh propagate uh that pairing across to all apple devices via icloud so i believe that's that's where they're going to go and in doing something like that they do not directly um, conflict with um, Sonos. So that explains then, you know, that, that protects their, their new business relationship with Sonos. But um, there was a story that broke uh, in December, uh, December of last year. Um, there's a website called Patently Apple, which, which um, always keeps tabs on um, registrations, uh, trademark registrations and patents that Apple may register, it's just to give an indication as to what they might be planning in future. And they said something popped up in the EU Trademarks Office database around December where Apple filed for the figurative trademark AirTunes. Now, Apple did originally use the, uh, the name AirTunes, um, which actually became AirPlay. So that was, its, that was its former name. But it seems like Apple are interested in, in, in resurrecting this name again. Now... This is complete speculation, but this let's just call this a prediction. Um, so there seems to be um, a lack of enthusiasm for standalone AirPlay speakers. I believe in terms of standalone speakers, AirPlay is done and dusted. I believe that to be true. Um, Apple are no longer uh, threatened in uh, by Sonos. They have welcomed them into the Apple store. So... I, I don't think Apple are interested in that as such, but I do believe Apple are going to work on a speaker, a standalone speaker type system. I believe that it will probably use the W1 chip for reliability and range of connection. And I believe it will also be a response to Apple's current lack of um, presence in terms of the home assistant so for example we have google home and we have amazon alexa they're good home assistants which also function as decent bluetooth speakers and i believe apple are going to release something and they may very well call it um air tunes and i believe that um, we'll probably see this sooner rather than later because they need to respond to um, what's going on in terms of AI and the home assistant, they need to have their own offering. And I believe that solves both problems. So this is complete speculation. Um, I would say watch this space, but it does seem to make sense the more you think about it. <laughs> Yeah.
Now, we received a question in our inbox, um, and it seems to be anonymous. We don't seem to have a name attached to that. But um, the question is concerning the release of the Nintendo Switch console, but more specifically, the release of The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Now, this is going to be a launch title for the Nintendo Switch. However, the history of Breath of the Wild is that it was originally announced as a Wii U title and faced several delays. Now, we know the Wii U didn't do too well commercially. Um, it was a good console. I mean, we have a Wii U in our household. Um, it's very, it's very underrated console, and there's certainly some gems on that console. But, um, you know, Breath of the Wild was supposed to be a swan song for the Wii U. Um, and it's all gone very quiet now that Nintendo are kind of pushing it as a launch title for the Switch. Now, as far as I'm, I'm aware, the Switch version of Breath of the Wild will not have any new features that take um, specific advantage of the Switch hardware. Um, I could be wrong about that, but I, I don't believe that to be true. I mean, obviously, you'll be able to play it on the go because the Switch also functions as a handheld device. But other than that, there won't be much different. Nintendo um, did something very similar with the GameCube. When the GameCube came to the end of its life, one of its last titles was supposed to be The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. Now, what happened was that release got delayed and Nintendo rejigged the game a little bit, included some motion controls and made it a launch title for the Nintendo Wii. But Twilight Princess did eventually get released, although in limited numbers, for the GameCube. And the what this person who has sent us this question is, is asking is that has the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild been cancelled for the Wii U? And the answer is no, it has not. Now, you're not going to hear um, a lot from uh, retailers concerning the Wii U version because there's not many Wii U owners out there. Um, and in terms of the fact that it's more in their interest to push the sale of a new games console rather than an existing one that's no longer manufactured. But apparently it is still going to be released. It hasn't been officially cancelled. It is going to be released on the 3rd of March 2017, which is the same release date as the Nintendo Switch. Now, you won't find many places offering pre-orders for Breath of the Wild on the Wii U because, like I said, they want to push the Switch. But I'll give you a tip. If you go to very.co.uk, that's the catalogue um, website, you don't have to sign up for a credit account. You, you, you can buy um, in, you know, items individually and as one-off purchases. But they are doing a pre-order for the Wii U version of Breath of the Wild for $34.99. And they confirm uh, delivery will be on the 3rd of March 2017. Now, that's the cheapest I've seen it uh, for the Wii U. Um, so I would definitely go, you know, put some money down, pre-order the item, make sure you get it on launch day, because I'm in the same boat as you in the sense that I don't think the Switch is worth buying at launch because I'm coming from a Wii U. Now, it's, other than Zelda, which again is available on the Wii U, there's not many, you know, AAA titles available, you know, must-have titles on day one for the Switch. And the Switch is retailing for £275, and that's minus the cost of all the additional accessories you'll need for multiplayer. 
And, you know, a, a Mario Kart 8 Deluxe will be released, but that's simply, it's not even a remake. It's the same version of Mario Kart 8 that was on the Wii U, but with all the downloadable content. So if you have a Wii U, chances are you already have Mario Kart, and chances are you already have the downloadable content, you know, with the extra tracks and the additional characters. So it's not that compelling a purchase to Switch at this stage, certainly not for the money that they're asking. If they had a Mario title on day one, I would definitely jump. But I, you know, and I probably will jump when the Mario uh, title gets released, Super Mario Odyssey, when that gets released towards the end of the year. Or we, or we can see what other titles the summer may bring. But right now, if you have a Wii U, I don't think the Switch is that compelling a purchase. Um, and But if you don't want to miss out on the new Legend of Zelda title, definitely pre-order a Wii U copy of the game. I don't believe Nintendo will produce many copies of uh, Breath of the Wild for the Wii U simply because that's not in their, you know, their, their main focus at the moment so I would take advantage of this very offer it's a good price $34.99 for what, what is, it looks to be a AAA title uh, and it gives you a bit more time to save up for your Nintendo Switch and wait until the price is a little bit more right well that's all the time we have for this week um, thank you for joining us thank you for listening Again, if you haven't yet subscribed to us, you can find us in all the main podcast directories. Um, in particular, we're, we're listed on the iTunes directory, so please do subscribe. Um, um, for full instructions on how to subscribe, please visit our website, which is intersectioncast.com. That's also where you can leave your comments, leave us any feedback or you know, anything you may want us to raise in future episodes. If you wish to follow us on the social networks, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, our account is at let's intersect you can follow us on facebook facebook.com forward slash intersection cast if you wish to email us directly or you wish to leave us a skype voicemail um, the account is the same for both and that is feedback at intersectioncast.com you'll find links to all the items we've discussed in this episode in our show notes I'm Jonathan Wildman. It's my pleasure to bring you the intersection for this week. And until the next time, that's a wrap. The intersection. The intersection.